ground rules. I give you all the diamonds and money, but you can't break my heart. Cause that'll just get you fired. And everybody needs a job. Work is scarce, competition is fierce. Hello, my name is Tom Chick. And I'm Jason McMaster. And you're listening to the Quarter to Three Games Podcast, where this week have a very so you know what i say we have a very special guest but maybe we don't and here's the deal uh jason p mcmaster and i have been consulting about how to do this now peter ginsburg first of all hello say say hello, hello. to everyone uh, everyone now you may not have been aware of this but you're not necessarily joining us for the podcast this, this week there isn't an interview process that we have to put you through okay i'm prepared Okay, so uh, so come on in, have a seat here. Uh, this is Jason McMaster. We're going to ask you a few questions to see if you would be a good fit for the podcast because we don't want to just let any riffraff in here, okay? Okay, I'm ready. All right, Peter Ginsburg, uh, the first question I have for you, and then uh, McMaster will have some as well. Oh, yeah. What are your qualifications to hang out with a couple of, couple of dudes and just, like, talk about video games? Um. I uh, am a professional video game developer in the far-flung fringes of the game industry. Ooh, you might you might be a little overqualified <laughs> at this point. Uh, yeah, yeah. Now you uh, say you say a professional video game developer. What games have you made that that maybe I have played? Uh, <laughs> have you played Monkey Preschool Lunchbox? <laughs> I hear good things about it, but I have not personally played That's... that. Uh, who thought the name of that up, by the way? Um, uh, that that would be well. It was kind of a collaborative process between me and my business partner, um, who we do all our games together. And and uh, and uh, I think there was something kind of vaguely nonsensical and sort of sounded like it might have been made by a Japanese company um, that we kind of liked. Um, I, I can go with everything you've just said except for the vaguely part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's fine, though, and also we love that all of our, all of our customers, not, not the three-year-old customers, but the parents uh, mangle the name. It's Monkey Lunchbox or Preschool Lunchbox. But say, I, say the full name again. What is it? Monkey Preschool Lunchbox. That is adorable. Well, and, and our tell- newer one is even worse. It's Monkey Math School Sunshine. <laughs> wow. Did you have to? Yeah. Did you have to outsource that name to Japan to get them to think that up? No, but my uh, I've been accused of having a small a small Japanese girl inside of in, in, inside of my personality <laughs> by my uh, business partner before. Now tell us uh, real quick what exactly that you. This is not a joke. You, these are real games you've made. Yes. They're they're for kids. Tell us exactly what's going on here. Oh, uh, they're they're we they Monkey Preschool Lunchbox is actually the the number one uh, preschool game in the iPhone store. So it's it's a pretty big thing for us, um, and uh, it's for two to four year olds, and it's kind of like a welcome to the iPhone, watch your kid play games, and it's it has a the trappings of being an educational game. Um, you know, it does talk about colors and matching and things like that, but it's mostly, we think of ourselves as game designers for that set, not so much, you know, educators. Would it be accurate to say this is like the uh, Angry Birds for the toddler set? Uh, sure, I'll take it. I'll okay. take it. Can I, can I use that quote in some uh, advertising? Please do, yes, absolutely. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, yeah, and we we also make you know game games for a wide variety of other weird uh, demographics. Now, is this your your most successful thing, the Monkey Preschool Lunchbox Sunshine? Yeah, line? yes. Pre- previous to that, we did clients only client services games, games for 
uh, Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network and people like that. I think my best claim to fame from that period was a game for uh, Teen Nick, um, which is kind of actually, despite the name, targeted at like taking like nine to eleven year old girls. Um, and we made a game, a prom game for them, um, that was essentially a reskinned Fire Emblem. Whoa, that's awesome! I want to play that. I seriously, I want to play that. A, a, a Fire Emblem set in like a prom milieu. I, I'm on board. Yeah, we yeah, took that's, the that's we, interesting. we made the health bars into happiness. So you're running the prom committee, and that's your party. And then all the people who come, they're all really sad and bummed out. And your attacks raise their happiness, and that's how you're attacking them when you make them fully happy, like you kill them. And you know, so there's like. Area of effect dance moves and things like that. That is awesome, Peter. Uh, all right, well, uh, hold on one second. Let me consult with uh, with my, my partner here. So, uh, McMaster, I'm a little intimidated. I think you can take him. Okay. I mean, this is like serious stuff. All right, oh, well, you, oh. you you take over now. Like, I, I don't like he's actual. I haven't made a game. I don't know about you, McMaster, but I'm feeling a little like I'm out of my depth here. But we'll soldier on. Don't let it. Don't don't let him on to the fact that. We're in over our heads. You take could over, Master. Could I play okay, you in StarCraft Two as an alternate interview? <laughs> oh, yeah, I know how that's going to turn out. Oh God, man, that's all. Uh, I remember when you were playing StarCraft Two, Tom. <laughs> oh, how I remember it. Um, uh, so, McMaster, why don't you why don't you interview Peter? Oh, yes. what, what what concerns or questions do you maybe have for whether or not we should have him join us on the podcast? Well, we know you're clever. So what's the stupidest thing you've done in the last few years? Ah, good. I like that one. Oh, but let's see how, how well he can handle, like, self-deprecation. Well done, McMaster. Yes, yes. What's the stupidest thing I've done in the last few years? Is it gaming-related or generally? Just in, in general. It's up to you. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, don't, I, can't, I can't think of uh, anything in particular. Uh, I'm, am I dodging the question? Nothing's <laughs> jumping to mind. I'm sorry. Huh. <laughs> Hmm. This is not to say that I don't do stupid things. I do plenty of stupid things, but I can't oh. think of any really big. Just maybe one large, uh, you know, kind of a collaboration of stupid things, or like a, <laughs> a medley of stupid things, if you will. Yeah, I mean, I have, I'm, I'm a klutz, so I have lots. I could give you lots of small cases of me falling down in embarrassing situations, but that's about it. Oh. How about this? What's the stupidest <laughs> thing you've done today? What's the stupidest thing I've done today? I think it would be uh, I was on this gaming podcast and oh. uh, I misspoke and said that I had a small Japanese girl inside of me, which is not what I meant to say. <laughs> but see, I, I think that, that that I hope that that Japanese girl served you well when you were making your prom themed fire emblem, though. Yes, I think it did, but it sounds awfully bad. <laughs> uh, well, you know what? See, now you, I don't know if people listening are thinking like dirty stuff, but I'm thinking like horror movie. Like when I think of little Japanese girls, I yeah. think of horror movies, and it freaks me out and it scares me, and I, I want to close my eyes and hide. Either so, way, yeah. not a good image. <laughs> uh, well, maybe it'll serve you in, in your future games. Well, uh, you, you know, okay, so that's the interview portion. If you would just wait outside for one moment, uh, and, and we're going to consult here. Uh, yes. So, all right, McMaster, what, what do you think? Ah, uh, he's all right. Did Did you hear how he taunted me about how much I suck at StarCraft? That's. <laughs> oh. well, I mean, I suck worse. So I mean, you know, you. Can you know, I will. I will grant you that, McMaster. <laughs> in the hierarchy <laughs> yeah. of people on this podcast who suck at StarCraft, you're probably on the bottom. I'm in the middle, and I'm, I'm oh, guessing yeah. Peter is on top. Uh, okay, here we go, McMaster. How much do you want to bet he picks StarCraft Two as his game of the week? I'll I'll bet a nickel. 
All right. I'll see that. Okay, you're on. All right, this is calling me. Uh, Peter, come on back in here. Oh, so, hello, hello. Congratulations, you have the slot. We're going to cast you as this week's uh, podcast guest. So be ready with a game of the week, a news story of the week, and a uh, oh, a forum post of the week. Uh, and and right. welcome aboard, Peter. Thank you. I hope I won't disappoint. Now, uh, I should say it's a little unfair. You and I have actually met before. Was it at, was it at GDC? It was at GDC, yes. And you were out from, I want to say, Boston, or no? Did I just make that up? Uh, I'm, I live in a uh, in New Jersey, just outside New York City. And that's near Boston, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, pretty everything's pretty close over here. <laughs> well, from our perspective, yeah, it's if it's east of the Mississippi, it's near Boston, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, and and so you're actually your day job is this whole game design stuff, right? Yep. That's, do that's you do. does it affect how you enjoy playing games? The fact that you also make them. Um, it does. It does. I mean, I, I still very much enjoy playing games, but I force myself to play a lot of games that I wouldn't play otherwise, just to kind of have a sense of what people are doing. I mean, you know, just kind of play a lot. I try to play a lot of games. So when I get too heavy into one game, like StarCraft Two, for example, I have to get myself to stop a little bit. Are you over StarCraft Two? No, but I, I play it like I play like a StarCraft. The great thing about StarCraft Two is that you can't. It's hard to binge on StarCraft Two. You, now, why do you say I, that? I, what, yeah, what makes you say that? Because I, I kind of felt like I binged on it. I think I did a little bit in the beginning, but the one v one ladder is so uh, stressful <laughs> and intense um, that after you know three or four games, after about an hour of play, I'm, I'm literally worn out, and I need something more relaxing. <laughs> now, uh, I kind of feel that way about a lot of games. I get like I, shooters. I feel that way. Um, oh yeah. Now, McMaster, I bet you could go for hours on end playing something like Gears, but I play a couple of multiplayer matches of a shooter, and it's like Peter, like you're saying with StarCraft 2. I am just worn out, and it's all I can take. Uh, yeah. I have played something ridiculous. Well, not even ridiculous for actually a lot of the people I know, but for me, i played like 80 hours of Call of Duty Online or something. Like all told. Not all told. Right. No, not straight. Uh, here's a question for both of you. So... You have these games that get you like sort of strung out, and you can only play them for a little bit. What do you play to relax, either of you? Both, or I want to know from both of you. Uh, Peter, let's go with you first because you brought it up. So, you've been playing StarCraft Two. You're you're all wired. You're you're a little bit stressed. You want to play something to relax. What do you turn to? Uh, anything, any kind of story-driven or narrative game that I'm playing. You know, over the last few weeks, it's been some different games, but any anything that the single player, I, I don't. I, even shooter, what it doesn't really matter the genre. I don't have the same stress that I have when I'm playing a multiplayer game. You know, especially. I think that is it, isn't it? Is knowing there's yeah. like another another person that you're kind of striving against on on the other side of the internet or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it for me too. You know, like I'll play, but I can binge. You know, I, I don't know. I get crazy. Um, but but uh, if I want to relax, usually bots or something. Mm-hmm. In something I really like playing against bots because there's no real pressure there. One of the games I've played lately that I think I would describe as relaxing 
in that I found myself playing it for hours on end while listening to the radio or doing something, uh, this Space Pirates and Zombies thing. Just the sort of like laid back, flying around space, doing these these fairly simple but involved space battles. Uh, and that's eminently single player. It's got an economy where you just go at your own pace. And I just, because it's relaxing, I just find myself, when I was playing it, I would find myself playing for like three hours at a time. Uh, I just downloaded that, but I haven't actually started playing it yet. It's very relaxing, I would well, say. Uh, it's my relaxing list. Uh, all right, so uh, so that's what we do to relax. Uh so let's get into this week's uh, format. Jason P. McMaster. Now, uh, Jason, I, I think I don't know that many people know this. The P stands for Phoenix. Yes. Because everyone knows that the word Phoenix is spelled P-H-O-E-N-I-X, right? Right. Well, that depends on, uh, I guess, who you ask. It does not depend on anything. That's how you spell Phoenix. <laughs> It depends on if you're talking about badass space marine guys or if you're talking about, uh, you know, the legendary bird. Now, uh, Peter, do you do you know that you might be in for some Gears of War talk this week? I don't know if you're into Gears of War, if you've tried it yet, if it's something you couldn't care less about. But do you know that that's maybe something that might happen on this podcast? I was aware that was going to happen. And uh, unfortunately, I may not be the best person to talk about that. Have you played a Gears of War game? Uh, I uh, did play Gears of War, the first Gears of War. Uh, I played probably about an hour before getting bored and putting it putting it down. Wow, bored. Okay, okay. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, uh, um, I'm just. I don't think. I I think my pro. I have the uh, longtime PC gamers problem with with uh, uh, shooters on consoles. Now it's on the PC as well, though. You know, or, or Gears of War One is. Yeah, but it's still a third-person cover-based shooter, which just feels wrong on, on a on a PC. So, McMaster, it looks like we have us uh, like an old-school PC holdout. Oh, that's cool too. <laughs> I play I play I play games I play games with controllers. I play I play games on my 360. You know, I just played Bastion not long ago, but but uh, I'm I'm uh, when it comes to like actual shooters, I just I, it I, I I'm I'm it takes a lot for me to get into it. I understand. Oh, I remember when I was like you. I remember yeah. that. <laughs> uh, we have, I have a, a weekly sort of land gathering here at my house, and I was aghast maybe three years ago when a new guy came over and we were playing, um, I don't know what it was, some, some eminently PC-based shooter. Uh, and we were playing for a bit, and I could tell he wanted to like maybe invert the mouse or something. Like He was a little uncomfortable with the control, so I went over and I was like, is there anything I can help you with? Do you need to invert the mouse? And he was like, do you have any way I could play this with a controller? <laughs> I could not believe that. And that that's sort of a sign of the times, though, I guess, is that, yeah. you know, Peter, guys, oh, yeah. you and me, and, I, and Jason, we think of uh, shooters as things that started on PCs, but now you have these kids these days, they think, yeah, it's a shooter, you play with a game controller. In my defense, I'm not I'm not that much of a, like, I'm playing Dead Island right now on, on the PC, but mm -hmm. I am using the controller. Oh, because um, the analog combat, right? <laughs> um, the analog combat I'm really liking, and it just feels much better as a controller. But I'm not playing. I'm playing um, the close range combat character. I'm not really using the guns very much. I think if I was, if it was more of a shooting game, right? I, <clears throat> I wouldn't. Now, just to let you know, I don't know what you're expecting. You're never really going to use the guns that much. They're a nice supplemental thing, but yeah, uh, it, it's not. It's not a gun based game. Oh no. Yeah. Right. Uh, all right, well, let's get into, I, 
I think I might lose a nickel, I just want to say, uh, on this podcast, uh, but we'll find out <laughs> shortly. Uh, let's get into this week's format. Uh, Jason P. McMaster, shall we start with a post of the week, a news story of the week, or a game of the week for each one of us? Let's get. Uh, let's go ahead and do post. All right, post of the week. Uh, my post of the week, I don't have one, I'm afraid, so let's go over to... Jason P. McMaster, what would, what have you chosen for your post of the week? I chose a post of yours from four years ago. Oh, wow. Well, a response in a thread, I'm sorry, of yours from four years ago mm-hmm. called Hellgate London and Lands. I the fuck care. Ah, yeah. And, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yep. Um, well, a few days ago. Marduk, who I guess is a new poster or someone who hasn't posted much since they have a total post count of one, replied to not one of us from 5-2007, uh, where he says, awesome quote, but I'm kind of siding with Ivan here. People play MMO and MMO-like games on LAN. Really, does WoWR Guild Wars have LAN support? And does and uh, Marduk says, and does WoWR Guild Wars provide single-player support? Which, of course, is kind of a foolish thing because guild wars does provide single player support um but it just kind of struck me as funny since hellgate london has relaunched and that started a new discussion about hellgate uh and how buggy it still is oh ouch that's too bad because i you know it i remember thinking it had promise it had a lot of problems uh i know mcmaster you and i talked at one point about its relaunch but uh so there tends to be there, there seems to be a negative impression of its relaunch on the forum. Uh, so far, um, yeah. I mean, like for instance, Draxon says I gave the resurrected version of World Two the first time around it, it crashed and went downhill from there. Land and riddled with bugs. Why anyone would want to resurrect this one is beyond me. And that seems to be kind of a the theme there, which is a shame because I, I had some hope for it too. But you know, the game just didn't. It's just I don't know. It's too old now. It's old, and I kind of feel like the the place that it has occupied has been taken by, and I think we talked about this before, McMaster, has been taken by things like Borderlands. Oh, uh, sure, absolutely. I, I can think of nothing in Hellgate London, as I remember it, to recommend it, to recommend playing it right right now. Uh, oh, yeah. No, I, I agree. Does it, it seem like... Oh, sorry. No, no, you go ahead, Peter. It's, it did seem kind of like I remember reading the news stories at the time. It seemed like... That there was some funding coming from Asia somewhere for the game, and, and then when, when it kind of bombed, they kind of took it back, and it got handed over to developers. Was it in Korea, maybe, um, <clears throat> who were taking it over? It seemed like, a uh, like let's see if we can make something out of it. It didn't seem like, hey, we're really going to make this into a great game, so I'm not terribly surprised to find that they didn't turn out something um, polished. Like it was basically a salvage operation. Yes, exactly, yeah. yeah. That's what yeah. it seemed like. Uh, so, uh, McMaster, we need you to, to go in and, and give it a look. I want you to put down this Gears of War 3 thing. Nobody cares about that. Oh, uh, yeah, sure. And see if you can uh, get some quality FaceTime with Hellgate London and let us know how it's coming along. Oh, yes, yes. Well, <laughs> I, I'll, uh, I'll see what I can do. Now, uh, have they built in land support yet? Uh, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I doubt it. All right. Oh, yeah. 
I, I want you to, to address that in your report. I will. I will. By the way, I just I also want to say I actually got an email today about the podcast from someone named Sam, and one of the things Sam said was. Uh, and I would quote if I had my email open. I don't, but I'm going to paraphrase. Sam said, uh, keep giving McMaster a hard time. I love it when you do that. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, McMaster, guess what? Oh, God, what? Chicken butt. Oh, no. <laughs> That's me giving you a hard time. There you go. That is harsh. Uh, all right, Peter... Ginsburg, what uh-huh. is your choice for post of the week? Uh, my choice is a post by one Unicorn McGriddle, mm. uh, newly, newly returned from the void. Uh, the post is titled uh, Raid Them, Beige, Beige Master, a Sengoku case study. And it's like a, I'm going to say about a five-page post, uh, which is an after-action report of the uh, Paradox game Sengoku. Uh, McGriddle is nothing if not verbose. Yes. He is very verbose. <laughs> He's very verbose. And I realize most people looked at that post and said, this is a just terrifying wall of text. But I actually read it um, perversely. And uh, it, it ended up being a really uh, – uh, it was interesting to see his combination of trying to turn it into a narrative and also turning it into a kind of critique of the game. Um, um uh, I thought it was a really, really interesting post. Um, now, what can you tell us about how his game went? Was he doing well? Was he losing? <laughs> did he seem to have a good grasp of the mechanics? Uh, tell us about his game. He did. He did have a lot. I mean, his game was 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 a it was a, uh, a sort of a slow death spiral. <laughs> um, it, the, the, he he was constantly trying to get his uh, his his leader married off and uh, and and produce an heir, uh, which which never seemed to happen. Uh, constantly trying to convince his neighbors to to turn on their on their masters, it also was not happening. Mm-hmm. Um, um, he did some philosophizing about the different types of marriage <laughs> and how they how they work in, in political alliances, which was pretty pretty great. Are there uh, different types of marriage in the game? Uh, no, in terms of uh, it, let me see, I can actually find the section. He said uh, he said there's four types of four types of marriage. Um, um, he he recommended pronouncing it uh, as uh, ma- mirage. Um, he has a long. As you said, verbose. Anyway, uh, 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 baby marriage, uh, marriage between children uh, to for diplomatic reasons, baby-making marriage in order to get heirs, friend-making ah. marriage, and title-sniping marriage. Uh, <laughs> Very good. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and having having only ever dabbled in, 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 in any Paradox games, I'm always – but I, I really love reading about them because of how um, – uh, yeah, I'm dizzy in statistics. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So did uh, this did this either make you want to play a paradox game, or did it make you feel like you got all you needed to out of a paradox game, and therefore you don't need to play one? I feel like I feel like maybe I got everything I needed out right. of the post. Right. <laughs> uh, 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 there was one one segment I really liked where he said uh, he's. He did this all as like date stamps, and he said it's time to hire some ninjas. Um, there's nothing like popping up a tooltip on my intrigue guide that says chance to hire ninjas seventeen thousand percent. Oh, ouch! Oh, paradox. Yeah, that's a pretty high percentage chance. Yes, I think at that point it's a fate accompli. That's, that's yeah. I don't know the Japanese for fate accompli, but uh, I think that applies. Yeah. Uh, now, has either of you uh, played paradox games? 
So uh, actually, yeah. Peter, you said you 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 haven't really. Uh, I yeah dabbled very briefly in uh, Crusader Kings, but but uh, ah well, that's the one to dabble with. Uh, yeah, I don't think I I, I got. I just got. I I, I think um, since I've I had children, I have so little spare time that games that require so much upfront work, um, <clears throat> it's hard to focus. Yeah, it's kind of like Peter. You can either say I'll play a paradox game or an MMO. Yeah. yeah. Sort of, uh, McMaster, what's your what's the extent of your familiarity with paradox games? You know, I very little as well. I've I've played around like I. I believe they they sent me Pirates of Black Cove and oh that doesn't oh uh, no ouch <laughs> um, and I've played um, I've played Majesty too and uh, I think I have Mountain Blade as well so all three of those McMaster those are Paradox games and that Paradox published them but all three of those are by different uh, developers uh, oh. so you're, you, I'll give you half credit uh, how's that. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Like I think of the paradox games, McMaster is the the real difficult, almost like spreadsheet strategy games with a historical bent, like Hearts of Iron Three, which is a World War Two game. You're oh, right. I've played Hearts of Iron. You have not, McMaster. Yeah, no, I have. I played you're, the first one. You're thinking of some shooter that's called something like Iron Pants yeah, or something. Or Iron. Uh, you did. You've played Hearts of Iron. Yeah, I've played Hearts of Iron. I've also played European Val. Uh, Unless you can pronounce it, you don't get it. Universalis. Very good. Okay, so then you have played uh, Paradox games. All right, well, I I feel like I underestimated you. Well done. Uh, Yeah, I I really like strategy games. I'm just no good. Well, the the problem with Sengo... I feel like I'm saying it wrong now, because you you screwed up Universalis, so now I'm insecure about Sengoku. Uh, Uh, But the problem with Sengoku, at least for me, is it's so Japanese, and I don't necessarily have a problem with that, but as a a Westerner, I just can't... I get lost in the names and all the provinces, and... uh, I uh, it, it's just a whole other wall there. In addition to the wall of the gameplay mechanics, which I'm usually happy to climb, I just know that there's a whole other sort of cultural wall there that uh, is probably going to keep me from really digging into Sengoku. Um, so, but uh, Crusader Kings 2, I'm super looking forward to. And if they if they do it upright, and I, it looks like they are, I would think that even you, McMaster. And even you, Peter, with family obligations, could probably dig into something like Crusader Kings 2. From what I saw at E3, it looks like they're doing a great job of making it more accessible. Yeah, that might be the yeah, one for me. Yeah. It looks cool. That's the one where you have, like, uh, airs and all that, right? Or well, Sengoku does that as well. Uh, Sengoku plays on a more personal level. The, the ones that you've tried, McMaster, like Hearts of Iron and Europa Universalis, are more nation-based. Crusader Kings yeah. and Sengoku are, are much more ruler-based. Um, so yeah, that's cool. And I think that's, I want to say January, but we may not be so fortunate. Uh, so, all right. Well, wow. I got to do, I, I appreciate the, uh, the hardcore strategy gamer nerd talk. I didn't think I'd get to indulge any of that. Uh, today. I am, I am a three moves ahead listener. So I've, even though I don't play most of the games, I have, you know, I heard a lot about paradox games and others. Yeah. Uh, and you are also, I, I think as a Starcraft player, that's, uh, Wait, is it poor form to mention another podcast? Is that no, no, no. In fact, I caught Troy Goodfellow. He still owes me a pot of gold, so if you do talk to him. Oh, snap. <laughs> uh, so, good. Okay, so those are our posts of the week. Uh, Jason P. McMaster, where do we go from here? Um, 
Well, let's do news. Let's news do news of the week. All right. Uh, McMaster, who's going first? Uh, would you like to, Tom, since you didn't have a forum post? Let's give you news. Okay, good, because I was worried someone might steal this one. Uh, my news of the week is uh, a game that I really like that a lot of people didn't play that I think now <laughs> more people will play because it's doing the whole, hey, uh, remember that subscription fee thing we introduced when we launched? Uh, never mind. We're free to play now. Uh and by the end of October, uh, DC Universe Online has has promised huh. to go free to play. Uh, it used to be your normal fifteen dollars a month fee. Uh, I'm sure you could get some packages on the Sony Station or whatever it's called, where you could bundle it in with games like Vanguard or whatever. Uh, but uh, yeah, I know exactly. Uh, <laughs> but by the end of October, it'll be free to play. Now the way that the free to play works, of course is at the base level, everything's free. You don't pay a cent. You only get two character slots. But I think the bigger limit on this game is your inventory. Uh, when you're playing DC Universe Online, you're collecting a bunch of stuff that you end up cashing in or equipping. Or uh, It looks like what they're doing to push you towards paying is limiting how much you can carry. There's also a cap on how much cash you can get, I think, in-game cash. Uh, however... Beyond that, it looks like they have a generous sort of three-tiered system where once you put in as little as $5, if you spend up to $5 of real-world cash on anything, whether it's buying one of the adventures or buying, I don't know, clothes or whatever doodads they're going to sell with microtransactions, once you put $5 in, you're permanently and forever in their little middle tier. Uh, and you have more character slots, you have a relaxed inventory limit, a relaxed cash limit, uh, and it applies permanently. So once you've given them a little bit of cash, you're playing at this comfortable middle slot that looks to me like you're, you get all you really need. Uh, the next level up is this $15 a month, and you need that if you want to start a player league, which is like a clan. Uh, I think there you have maybe unlimited character slots. I don't know. Um, but I find that it's not really a game where you need more than a couple of character slots. Uh, so it seems like they've got a solid grasp on how to make this free to play by basically just sort of bilking the power of players so that the rest of us can enjoy it for all intents and purposes for free. Uh, so uh, it's it's not, I think, one of the perception problems about DC Universe Online is that it's not just a, war, a World of Warcraft clone. It's not that standard model. It's a very action-based game. Um, great character customization, a great open city. Uh, the the action-y combat, I think, is, is distinct from other MMOs. Um, and you can play it without uh, investing a nickel starting late next month. So, okay. Huh. Who besides me has played this here, by the way? I have not. I have not. Ugh. All right. Whatever. Is so, it a good MMO for dabblers, like somebody who just wants to play a little bit and check it out, or is it? Is it? You know what, Peter Ginsburg? It is perfect for dabblers because it really lends itself to just getting in, fighting a few battles, and then getting out. Like it's a great mm-hmm. one. Like I, I sometimes feel when I log on to another MMO, a conventional World of Warcraft structure, like oh, I got to go do this quest, and I can't quit out until I've done this quest, and now it's a chain to other quests, and. Uh, uh, DC Universe Online, I think, is much more, okay, I'm going to jump in and, and fight a few. It's almost like playing a shooter. I'm going to jump in and shoot some stuff up, uh, and then I'm done. Um, so I, I think it, it lends itself very well to short bursts of play. Yeah. Um, uh, by the way, if any of you has any questions about DC 
the DC universe, like comics or whatnot, I, I can help you there. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because I've, I've played so much of the game, I know. Go ahead, try me. What what can I tell you about the DC universe comics? Um, let's see. Hmm. Give me a stumper. Give me a hard one. Peter, you you too. You can if you want. <laughs> I'm not I'm not enough of a comic uh, What's the Scarecrow's real name? Killian Murphy. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wait a minute, Peter. You say you're not a comic book guy? I know it's it's surprising. I'm not though. No. Uh, okay, I'm going to name superheroes, Peter, and you tell me whether they're DC or Marvel. Okay. Oh, I set myself up for this. You ready? Let's just see how you do. Let's see if you are, in fact, not, and no throwing the results, because we'll know if you're if you're just sandbagging. Ready? Okay. Wolverine. Marvel. Very good. Superman. DC. Wonder Woman. Marvel? Really? DC. <laughs> Very good. I told you I'm not a, 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 I never did. Never, never, not, never part of my nerd childhood. Okay, here you go. Uh, the Big Ant. I have no idea. No, not even a guess? No. Well, you know what? You're right, because that's not even a superhero. That's something I just made up. <laughs> well played. Okay. All right, yeah. good. You, you passed. <laughs> you are indeed a comic book nerd. It's both, oh, just all right. Uh, all right, so that's my news of the week. Uh, you guys should try DC Universe Online. And here's the thing. I'm not a comic book nerd either, and I honestly, honestly could not care less about DC Comics. None of that stuff means anything to me. Everything I know about Batman is from digging the, the Dark Knight movie. Uh, however... Playing DC Universe Online is is uh, I I was sort of excited to see the way they present some of these characters and the locations and the material and uh, so even as a non comics guy I, I really really enjoyed DC Universe Online so there's that it's my endorsement uh, all right that is my news of the week Jason P McMaster who's going next hmm uh, Peter would you like to go next sure. Um. I had a couple ideas, but I'm I'm going to go with the most obvious one and the one that was most important to me. Which you know, is, Peter, you can, you can if you want. You can have runners up for, for, <laughs> as as a guest. That's that's uh, something. Yeah, that's, that's to totally. Cool. I, I yeah. would say my 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 runner up was a, a sort of almost like a little technical story about uh, Windows 8. Um, uh, oh, the, hold on, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a nap while you talk about this. Go okay, ahead. Yes. <laughs> uh, the 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 I guess if I'm reading the story right, the Definitive end of games for Windows Live and Windows 8 basically having Xbox Live, them being the same experience and the same thing across platforms. Oh, you know uh, what? I kind of woke up for that then. So so they're saying there's there's not going to be – like games for Windows Live is just kaput and everything's Xbox Live once Windows 8 comes out? That's what it sounds like. It's a little hard to pull apart because it's, it's coming from an interview, I think. Um, but that does seem to be what they're saying. And I guess does that mean – um, one, you know, one set of achievements and one gamer score and, and, uh, you know, are they setting up, are they setting it up for future multiplayer between platforms or and things like that? I, I don't really know, but it's kind of interesting. That was my runner up story. So real quick on your runner up, uh, I'd like us to all go around the table and each tell one horror story about games for windows live. Okay. I'll start. Uh, so let's see. My games for Windows Live horror story is uh, which one should I go with? 
Uh, okay, I'm going to go with, so let's say I am playing a Games for Windows Live game here, uh, like on my LAN, like on the PC, and someone turns on the Xbox 360 and logs into my account, it will it will conflict with my Games for Windows Live account and, and, and kick me off. So there you go. That, that sort of, uh, the 360 can't coexist with a PC game playing on the same profile. That's my horror story. Do you guys got one? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I was reviewing Fable 3 for the PC, mm-hmm. and um, I had to download it something like three times because it kept uh, corrupting. Well, that just uh, means they, they really want you to want it, and they just want, oh, yeah. to, they want you to demonstrate that you're committed to playing Fable 3. You know, yeah. if you're just some fair-weathered friend who just can't get past you know one or two downloads, you obviously don't care enough about the game to be playing it. Wow, I, I totally didn't. <laughs> I, I had to, though. Moral obligation. Uh, Peter, do you have a Games for Windows Live horror story that you can tell us without compromising any relationship you might have as a game developer with Microsoft? <laughs> I'm not. A, I'm not in that league. Um, I, 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 no, I don't. I don't have any. I, I have. I, I can't remember what games I've played that had it. I, I okay. didn't have any catastrophic failures, but I also did not. Um, I basically ignored it. That's my has been my experience with it. So well, I, I tell you what, McMaster and I will forward you a couple of our extra horror stories, so that in the future you can use those. Excellent. Okay. Yes. All right. Well, so this was this did not merit enough to be your your news story of the week, but it was your runner up. So what did yeah. you actually choose for the, the the winner of the Peter Ginsburg news story of the week? That would be the Diablo three closed beta coming out. I think that would be for me as a oh, as a hardcore God. Diablo two player. <laughs> <laughs> I knew Tom was going to start laughing. Oh. No, you did not. You knew nothing of the sort, Jason. <laughs> I did, too. I did, too. Now, oh. this is Peter's news story of the week. I got nothing to say about it. So, Peter, what uh, what does this mean to you, and uh, why is this why is this news to you? Well, it means to, it means to me that I can start vaguely hoping that I, I will get an invite to Diablo 3, and it also means that I was able can to start... Can you both, watching. Peter? Me and you yeah. both. <laughs> You have better. T- I mean, um, it seems like most of the invites went out to big community people and journalists and things like that. So you you should you should be on the list. Oh yeah. No. Um, but I have also been watching a lot of uh, streams of people playing, which I know is ah. a kind of sad thing. But 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 uh, um, I guess I got into watching streams of, from watching StarCraft two so much StarCraft two. But but uh, it, it's kind of a great way to see what the game is like, just watch somebody play it, and, and somebody who's got a little bit of personality and is actually talking about the game while they do it um, uh, can give you a real real good impression and, of course, also help me start thinking about character builds, which is, you know, it's important <laughs> to get your, your groundwork down before the game comes out. So so a couple of questions. Have you found a, a stream that you like that you recommend, or do you just have to sort of surf around and, and try different things? I was just jumping around on Twitch TV. Nobody's really uh, jumped out at me. There's a there's a big StarCraft II caster uh, named, uh, he goes by Day9. His name is Sean Plott, and he, he did some streaming, and his stuff was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a bit of a ham, but but it was at least pretty entertaining. Um, oh. But he's, he's not going to do that regularly, I don't think. Now, when you talk about character builds... Uh, Based on, I'm not saying I'm in the beta or anything, but based on what I've seen, uh, what happened to the skill tree? Yeah, it's a. I, I, I'm trying not to prejudge because my initial reactions so far have been um, uh, uh, a little bit negative. I don't like how fluid it sounds with the with the the spell. You know, you you pick your skills and you add the runes and and yeah. then you decide to change it later. Um, 
um, you know, one of the things I liked about uh, Diablo was kind of planning a build and 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 thinking about how it would reach the higher levels and then how it would survive at those levels. Um, the idea of sort of endlessly allowing someone to change their character around kind of takes away some of the meaning of a character. It's not really character development in the same way if your character can constantly change. But I don't yeah. know enough to know how really how fluid it is as a system. So I don't I don't yeah I'll have to have to see. It does. Like I, I have, I've applauded other games that do that, so I kind of feel a little hypocritical for for exhibiting some concern about this in Diablo Three, like Guild Wars, for instance. You know, I love the system in Guild Wars where you just equip eight eight cards or eight slots, yeah. and you you build. Uh, so uh, yeah, I, I just feel a little weird being worried about how Diablo Three does it. Uh, so uh, McMaster, have you seen much of Diablo Three? Do you know m- many much in terms of like the specifics of how it works and what's different about it? Uh, you know, I've read some uh, about the uh, yeah. I mean, I, being able to you know switch your skills up is kind of weird because Diablo is one of those games where I I pretty much wanted to try all the builds in all sorts of different ways. I mean, it's not like it's a game that requires a you know a huge commitment to make a new character. Right. right. So uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's 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 strange. I, I'd like to see how it turns out. Now uh, I will say. Uh, Holy cats! It looks awesome. Just like yeah. visually, yeah. it's so—I I mean, just like lush, and it just looks like Diablo. Uh, I, I just love the just the visuals. I, that that alone is just like I, I could just sort of sink into that aspect of the game right there. Yeah, it's really. I love the all the destructible terrain and all of the you know. Yeah, it definitely feels and the and the the fountains of loot always so appealing. And oh, do you yeah. guys do you guys know from the stream that it starts off with a, a zombie siege? I, uh, I did see that. Yeah, yeah, I saw a bit of that actually. <laughs> that that uh, that right there, that's just near and dear to my heart. I'm like, oh, that's very sweet of you, Blizzard, to get on the zombie bandwagon. Uh, plenty of room, everyone, get on board. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so, what's the situation, Peter? With so so, is the beta going to be expanding? Or uh, is there hope for more folks to get in? What's the what are they saying right now about the future of the beta? I don't think they're saying much, but it seems like right now it's really they're keeping it really tight to just people who are like everyone who I've seen who's gotten a key has been someone who's in some way important. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, oh and god, so, <laughs> I did I not mean that to come out the way it did. <laughs> I, everyone who's gotten a key has been important. That doesn't mean everyone who's important has gotten a key. Oh well, thank you. No, that's, um, no it's uh, I, I yeah I can't. Uh, Sorry, sorry. Um, so I'd assume they have to be expanding it. I mean, based on past betas, they, they, they I'm sure they'll just keep right. growing, growing the the population um, um, as time goes on, uh, as they get more confident in it. Um, and, and the beta include it's just Act One, right? Is that what they're saying? Is that this is yeah. just the first act of the game? Out of do we know out of how many acts? I don't know. No, that's okay. a good question. I don't know. Okay. Uh, Jason P. McMaster. Can you name all five classes in Diablo three? Go. Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> monk. Uh, I think a monk, right? Um, okay, that's one. Hmm. Barbarian. Right. Uh. Yeah. Okay. Shaman. Um, it's called something different. It's like shaman. Witch doctor. Oh, very good, McMaster. All right. Keep going. Uh, Amazon is she back? Yeah, a different name. Oh God, what is it? Oh, I, I don't know. Okay, so right, three out of five. 
Okay, and then you forgot uh, Doc and Sleepy. Those are the, one, the two. That <laughs> oh, yeah, those two always, always slip my mind. Uh, Peter, can you name all five? So Barbarian, uh, the, Monk, De- Doctor, Demon Hunter, and the best one of all, which is Wizard. Which uh, everyone knows should be Magic User. Right. <laughs> D&D faithful, right? Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, McMaster, which of those five are you calling dibs on right now? Yeah, that's a good question. Probably Witch Doctor. Mm, dang, I wanted that one. Good work, though. You beat me to it. Uh, Peter, which one are you calling dibs on? I'm, I'm, I'm a little torn right now. My inclination is to go uh, for the wizard. Dang, that leaves me with... Okay, I'll be the demon hunter. So, all right, good. We got a party. We're set. Uh, all right, so that is big. Uh, I, I only play hardcore, though, so... You know, have they... So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you there, and that bypasses as someone... Maybe it was you. As someone it said... It was me, yeah. Okay, yes. Uh, that bypasses the whole complaint about the auction house, because hardcore, you, you're you stuck with what you get, and uh, it's it's the luck of the draw solely, and not how much money you, you put into the system. Now, Peter, have, have they... Do we know for a fact that hardcore is unlocked from the get-go? I have been. I mean, I don't think it's unlocked in the beta, um, which makes sense. Um, but I, I haven't. I haven't seen confirmation one way or another of whether hardcore was going to be um, unlocked. If you have to defeat the game once before you get it unlocked, like it was in Diablo 2 originally. Now there is an auction house button in the beta. I don't. I haven't tried it, so I don't know if they're actually putting the auction house in there. Do you, Do you know? Is this a full auction house setup? I don't think it's in the beta yet. Okay. Well, there's a button for it. Uh, but maybe it doesn't work yet. So good. All right. Uh, all right. So uh, that is big news. The Diablo three beta. Uh, I suspect we'll be hearing more about that on this podcast in the future. So stay tuned. Uh, but in the meantime, let's go to Jason P. McMaster's news story of the week. All right. My news story of the week is Sony's latest update. The uh forced to accept their terms of service, which says you cannot uh, join a class action lawsuit against them, and you would have to do any any legal uh, recourse against Sony would have to be uh, settled by arbitration. Wait, what? This is like on the PS3? Yes. Can they do that? Is that is that allowed? Uh, it seems to be, yes. Did, they did give you, you an opt-out write-in, like you can write into them within 45 days, uh, and say that you don't want to, like, have that be that, or, or, like, accept that part of the agreement. But unless you do that, you are legally out of uh, that. Now, yeah. let me ask, is this, uh, this is part of a, an end-user licensing agreement, or a EULA, that you accept when you update your PS3, uh, does any, is anyone saying that this is somehow legally binding and that if you accept this EULA, you in fact cannot participate in any class action lawsuits? Like, Do you know if this is somehow more legally binding than it's been in the past? Uh, yeah, actually. Um, on uh, Gamma Sutra, Frank Cifaldi was, uh, read a piece about it and um, said the Supreme Court recently ruled in the AT&T case that language like this is enforceable, a spokeswoman told CNN. The updated language in the TOS is designed to benefit both the consumer and the company by ensuring that there is adequate time and procedures to resolve disputes. And it comes from a case... Uh, that allowed uh, AT&T Mobility to block employees from bringing class action suits against the company as part of their hiring papers. Wow, so, you just you just shot that down handily, McMaster. Well done. Yes, well, I, I like to uh, quote things. 
Well, uh, that's, that's going to change who I vote for for the next Supreme Court then. I'm going to be sure to pay closer attention to that. So Yes. Yes, you should. Uh, Peter, how will this affect your decision to port Super Sunshine Monkey Lunchbox to the PS3? <laughs> Uh, I'll have to take a serious look at it. I'm going to make sure that I, I want to be protected from class action suits as well. So I'm, I'm now, on board. Now, McMaster, do we know what this was in response to? Like, has Sony been getting sued for their PSN outage or something, or what? What? Why? Yeah. What caused this? Yeah, they were sued during the PSN outage and due to like losing the credit card numbers and everything. Uh, actually, a guy from my home state, uh, Alabama, sued Sony. Uh, in California, and so I guess Sony just didn't want to deal with that anymore. And uh, is your friend in Alabama now living large? I, uh, you know, I do not know. Okay. <laughs> I, I would assume uh, probably not if you're trying to sue Sony as a sole individual. But he's probably got like some free PSN bucks or something out of the deal, or a free Xbox 360 if Microsoft's doing their job right. Ah, very good. Exactly. Their PR uh, job. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, you know what? I, I have not. So, is this an update uh, that came out recently? Like, this is something within the last few days? Yes. Yes, I actually believe it came out last week, uh, late last week. And um, yeah, when I turned my um, PS3 on recently, I had to accept it as well. So, or well, you don't have to, but you can't say get online. Right. All right, well, uh, yes, and you've got a few days still to write your, your opt-out letter if you want. Uh, right. All right. Right. Uh, Peter, does this bother you? Um, yeah, it does. Um, I mean, I don't have a, I don't have a PS3, but, but, uh, it's, it's, uh, you know, the kind of language they're using here is the kind of thing I'm used to seeing in company contracts, but uh, in a contract that's going to a, a consumer, it seems really, uh, uh, strange, right? Yeah. <laughs> to be demanding arbitration, um, yeah. Yeah, Sony's uh, Sony's running out of goodwill. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to go in and uh, give my Xbox 360 an extra big hug after this podcast. Then. Oh yes. Uh, <laughs> All right. So those are our news stories of the week. Uh, Jason P. McMaster, what is left now? We only have games. We only mm. have games. Well, let's get this started because I think uh, I, I have I have some money riding on this part of the podcast. All right, I believe you do, Peter. Uh, yeah. Will you do the honors? Uh, my uh, game of the week is not going to be StarCraft Two. Ah! Say, Tom, because ah! uh, I'm I'm going to go with Dead Island because that's what I've been playing the most. I would say. Oh, it, Lordy! You know, well, you know I feel like I've I've lost and I've won. So, uh, good, because I, I love I, – so you've been playing a lot of Dead Island. Yeah. What do you think? How, how is it – what makes you pick it for your game of the week? Um, I, I, it's, it's such a, a confounding game in a lot of ways. There's so many things I love <laughs> yes. about it and, and so many things that aggravate me about it at the same time. I mean, it's a game where I'm like, oh, I'm just having such a great time, and then huh? literally 20 minutes later I'm dropping my control controller in disgust. Um, uh, uh but I mean the, the, that that sort of magic combination of the Borderlands style play with the uh, uh, Dead Rising, you know, zombie world, and and uh, um, it's just it's really uh, um, it's addictive in a way. I keep coming back. To it. Um, um, now I, I I have hit the 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 hit Moresby. Um, oh. 
and uh, it's it's definitely uh, not <laughs> it's definitely a, a little more pun or I'll say a lot more punishing there um, and a little harder to like. Um, I think that my problem with the tone has really the the, the weird schizophrenic tone of the game. Um, where you know it's it's in some ways it's so bleak and depressing, particularly all of the dialogue and and everything else. And then there's the, the, so much of the f- combat that you're in is I mean is goofy. Uh, so I mean I'm spending most of my time jumping, kicking zombies in the face, and then uh, stomping with both feet on their head. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is uh, do you, do you guys remember a game from? Six seven years ago, Dark Messiah. Yeah, <laughs> I, this reminds me a lot of Dark Messiah because it, there is another game where kicking was better than everything. <laughs> um, now, now I I want to as someone who definitely took that game to task, Dark Messiah for its kicking. I, I want to point out though that I think there's a very different role occupied by kicking in Dead Island. Like kicking does not do the the way the Dead Island combat model works. Kicking doesn't do damage; it instead depletes a zombie's stamina and moves it back from you. But to finish the zombie off, you have to, and it doesn't use any of your stamina. But to actually do damage to the zombie or to finish it off, you have to do a stamina attack. So kicking is a stopgap measure that uh, that you use in the course of normal combat. So I just want to defend it, and I think Dark Messiah used kicking very differently. Like kicking was a substitute for everything in that game. Here, it's it's a it, it complements the other combat. I feel. Well, that's right. true, but I, I'm playing most of the game like most of the basic walkers. I'm playing it by running towards them, doing a jump kick, which knocks them all down, and then hopping from head to head. And you know what? You can do that, and the 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 what you're basically paying there uh, is stamina for the the head kick and the animation delay. Like I think if you find that if you play a character who uses a faster, lighter weapon, it might be easier to just get in there and do a lot of damage quickly. Uh, Like I feel like there that's one way to play, but it has its drawbacks. There's definitely some balancing that they've done. I think so, and and you can also like like the kicking is great a great way eventually to just dispatch one zombie. If you just see one, you don't want to do any yeah, yeah. any wear and tear to your weapon. For just sure. just knock him down, stomp on his head. Um, yeah. But if you're dealing with three or something, you don't always have that that luxury. Or if you don't have the room to get a running start, and that's going to be the case a lot of the time in Morrisby, uh, you know, you can't kick your way out of turning the corner and there's three zombies. Right. Um, so you know what? I, I also feel like don't I, I like I am I'm, I'm all for people being critical of Dead Island. Uh, it's just there are some criticisms that I want to argue with, and one of them is this idea that kicking is overpowered. I love how kicking is part of the combat model, uh, even yeah. though it does look goofy. Boy, that foot thrusting out there, I'm like, oh, that's just silly. <laughs> well, it's when I upgraded it to the double. That's yeah. what I really started thinking was ridiculous. Like the it's, little like when I'm hopping with two feet onto the head. So you know what I it looks like? It looks like a little kid wanting to jump in a mud puddle. <laughs> like yes, with exactly. Boots on. Yeah. Uh, so you mentioned it being aggravating, and uh, what 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 things have you found aggravating? And also, what platform are you playing it on? I'm playing it on on the PC with mm-hmm. the controller. Okay. Um, I have been kind of switching back and forth between the uh, analog combat and the digital combat. I can't really decide which one I like better. The analog combat is really uh, strange, <laughs> um, but but kind of uh, appealing. Um, um, it even reminds me a little bit of Mountain Blade. Now that now that now since we mentioned that earlier briefly, like just the the idea of having so much control over your weapon and how it moves. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah. 
is 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 pretty neat. Uh, now that I've gotten in, into Moresby, I've kind of switched back a little bit because the analog combat slows me down, um, and I feel like I'm faster with just sort of wildly swinging. Um, yeah, yeah. Now, when you say yeah. slows you down, because I've never used the analog combat, what what do you mean by by slows you down? Well, because in order to do an attack, you have to like swipe the uh, uh, swipe the analog stick in two directions. You need to swipe it one way to pull back, and then the other way to do the swing. I see. Versus so, just a regular button press to just swing. Yeah, versus just like clicking the button and, and kind of letting it letting it hit where it hits. Um, it is nice for things like the thugs or things where you really want to break their bones and you want to get a get a real good hit. You can get the hit much faster with the analog. Right. Right. Uh, McMaster, did you play through with analog combat? Or did you see no. the, the... Okay, right. I mean, I played a bit of uh, Analog, but for Sam B, it just didn't make that much sense. And I played him most. I mean, I, I played them all, but I played him the most. Right. Yeah. Uh, Peter, who are you using? Which character are you gravitating towards? Sam B as well. Ah, oh, we have a couple of Sam Bs. All right. Okay. Yeah, he's a man. Yeah. I like the... Uh, I like the big... But, but I mean, maybe maybe that is actually why I'm, I'm leaning more on the kicking, just because I, I'm, using the, I'm using these big, heavy weapons with him. Yeah, he's uh he's probably the one character that's hardest to kill for sure. I mean, he's he made the game a lot easier for me. I'll put it that way. I I yeah, I mean they all do have these these strengths that as you work your way up the the skill tree, I think make you partial to that character. Like I I hated Logan because he was really annoying and as far as the character designs, he's the one I like the least. But because I played the other three characters the most in the week uh, leading up to the game's release when I was doing some work for a review, to sit down and play in earnest with my friends, I've been playing Logan. So he's the guy I've leveled up the most. And I, I've come around to thinking that I, I think he's the most powerful one. And I know I'm wrong. I just think that because he's the one I played the most and I've updated his throwing ability and he's got this great boomerang uh, chance that improves as you play him. So I can use my weapons from a distance and, and not even have to walk up and get the weapon a lot of the time. Uh so I, uh, yeah, and, and I love his Fury ability, like Sam B's Fury ability. You have to get within striking distance to use that. You've got to walk up to a yeah, thug and right. punch you. Uh, Logan and uh, Perna, the, the, the firearms yeah. chick, yeah, they have these ranged Fury attacks that are just awesome. I mean, once I, and once you develop, once you develop that Fury tree and you can build your Fury up more regularly, just, you know, every, every now and then you can just press an I win button and wipe out a, a room full of zombies. Uh, so Are you losing weapons at all with him? I nope. mean, I hear people complaining about weapons disappearing. I hear people complaining, and, and I have never seen a situation where a weapon was bugged. There have been times where there's a couple things going on, and this is another thing where I want to defend Dead Island, because uh, I hear people say, oh, it's bugged, I lost my weapon. So there's a couple things that can happen. Uh, an edged weapon will, of course, stick in a zombie, but if you just throw a bat or a hammer, it can bounce off of the zombie. It will not be in the zombie corpse because it does not stick to him because they have this model of, you know, slicing spike things stick to stuff, bashing weapons bounce off of them. So if you're accustomed to finding the knives sticking out of the zombie like a pincushion, that may not happen with a hammer. So you're like, my hammer's gone, and it's really sitting over somewhere else. Another thing that's going on is it can be... You, you can have a body fall on top of a weapon, and you have to angle where you actually get a line of sight to the weapon before the little tooltip pops up. Uh, so they're there, but I've never had one get swallowed up. The only verifiable you-will-lose-your-weapon bug that I have found is if you give Jin, and you may not have met her. Yeah, you've, you've met have. her. Uh, yeah. yes. If you give 
uh, gin some of your weapons, and then you try to get one back when your inventory is maxed out, it vanishes. Uh, And that is a bummer because I've given her purple things that I'm not high enough level to use. And on a couple of occasions, not paying attention, I go back with my full inventory. And I'm like, okay, Jen, give me that thing that I paid $10,000 for earlier in the game. And and it vanishes because I was already full on my inventory. She's not Um, shared between characters, is she? Oh, that's a good question. Like a shared stash, like the other. I don't. I don't know, actually. We know. I kind of doubt it because when you start a game, you have to load a saved file based on that character. So as far as I know, there's no shared data amongst the characters. Because that's always fun to get get you know get weapons that you can then set aside for the other one of the other characters. Uh, if you have it on a land like I do here, you could drop it and give it to a third party character who can then give it to. Uh, you know, it'd right. be complicated, but unfortunately, they don't make it that easy to do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, all right, and so, so you, go ahead. You, I was just going to say, the one, you mean, I haven't played any multiplayer with friends, but I do think that they have the multiplayer system is really interesting in Dead Island. The, the sort of drop in, drop out, um, <clears throat> multiplayer where it tells you when people are near you. Um, I've, I've done that a few times and it actually, I mean, I, I, I have never played a game that has done, had a system like that before and it actually has really, has been really pleasant. I mean, the fact that it's very low commitment, but you can still get some cooperative gameplay going, or you can just kind of wander off in a different direction, but, yeah, but it yeah. does seem to work uh, uh, surprisingly well. Uh, one thing I really appreciated as a Logan player, if you throw your weapon, another player can't pick it up. <laughs> I love that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So touch, what, yeah. what that can lead to, though, I think, is that other players see a weapon and they're like, I can't pick this weapon up, this is a bug. Uh, and not realize it. Like, I think that's another thing where Dead Island maybe isn't conveying the information very well because it can, for all intents and purposes, look like a bug. Like, you're sitting there playing right. the game. You've had a big battle. Oh, look, this zombie dropped this awesome-looking machete. I can't pick it up. And, and if you don't realize it's because Logan threw it and he's not picking it up yet, I think that can be very confusing. Right. Um, um, and also, I... I some of the animation, like the the stomping stuff, like it, it's not a very, it's a beautiful engine in terms of like all the zombies and the the the, the basic the gore and the the terrain and and how bleak Morrisby looks. But some of the animation looks really goofy, like as the characters are moving around. I just realized yeah. how spoiled yeah. I've been by stuff like Assassin's Creed. Uh, oh yeah, that's a very well animated game. Yeah. Uh, all right, so uh, very good. Uh, Peter, I'm happy to lose a nickel if you're going to pick uh, Dead Island over StarCraft Two for your game of the week. Uh, will you uh, – is this a game that you think you will, like, stick with and finish? I think I'll finish it, yeah. Um, it kind of depends on if anything else comes out that, that, that pulls me away. I mean, I finished I finished DSX last week, and, and I wasn't even really enjoying that at the end. So <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably just power through, even if they – Lose interest. Is it something that you will share with your children? <laughs> no, I will not share that with my children. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a little grim. Yeah, my daughter's already a little too dark, so I can't I can't really uh, encourage her gothic <laughs> tendencies. Maybe when when she's eighteen, she'll yeah. uh, she'll be able to appreciate. It. Okay. Yeah. Uh, all right, uh, Peter, are you a fan of zombie movies? Uh, yeah, I'm. I would say I'm not a huge fan, but I'm, I like some zombie lo- movies. Can you recommend one for... Okay, yeah, go ahead. So you were going to mention one. I would say uh, Dead Alive would be my favorite. So <laughs> yeah. The Peter Jackson yeah. uh, one would be, be that my makes, top pick. That you, you'll see a lawnmower in whole new, new light. Uh, yes, yeah. you will. Uh, yeah. uh, all right. Uh, Dead Island, I approve. McMaster, I, I presume you do too. 
Oh, yeah, no, I really like Dead Island. McMaster, what's better, Dead Island or Gears of War 3? Uh, I'm going to go with Gears of War 3. Mm, I'm sorry, that's incorrect. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Tom, you don't like Dead Island, do you? (laughs) It's okay. Oh, okay, that's what I thought. Uh, All right, well, uh, McMaster, who's going to go next to pick Game of the Week? Um... I don't know. You can if you want, or I can. It's up to you. I'll I'll leave it in your hands. Okay, then I'm going to go first, because I'm actually picking just... I know what you're picking, McMaster. There's no suspense here. Uh, I'm going to pick a little tiny Xbox Live Arcade game that I almost overlooked. It came out over a week ago, so it's not even current. Uh, And it's it's got a terrible name. Uh, If I were to say to you the words Renegade Ops, would you guys know what that is? Uh, Yes, because of your article. Ah, I tipped my hand. Good point. Peter, if you pretend you'd never read Quarter to Three, would you know what Renegade Ops is? Is that the, like, like, isometric driving combat game thing? Now, tell the truth. Are you saying that because you saw something about it on Quarter to Three or because you knew about it otherwise? Uh, Giant Bomb Quick Look would be where I know it from. Well, that's exactly right. I'm glad it's uh, getting some publicity then. Yeah, it's a... Now, do you know who made it? Like, I think the, the... the most salient fact about Renegade Ops isn't what kind of game it is, because there's all kinds of games like that. Like, uh, THQ recently did a Red Faction-branded top-down vehicle combat game that just put me to sleep. I don't even remember the name of it. Uh, so when you when you just describe Renegade Ops, I don't think that really sells it. What really sells Renegade Ops are the folks who made it. Do you know offhand who that is, Peter? I don't, know. Are you familiar with a little game called Just Cause 2? Oh. Oh, really? Okay, now, yes. So, so your reaction right there was exactly my reaction when I saw it at a press demo. I was like, oh, yeah, it's great. It's little cars driving around and blowing stuff up. And they're like, Avalanche Studios made this. And I made this. I had the same reaction you just now had, Peter. Uh, so, yeah, they're, they're another one of these Swedes that does a kick-ass job making games. Uh, and they've used the same engine that was in Just Cause 2 for this uh, little top-down game. And it has the same amount of just kind of spirit and excitement and liveliness and destructibility uh, as Just Cause 2. And one of the things, so I I wrote a post about uh, like 10 great things that it does, but one of the things that I want to mention that I've recently discovered is I've played it more. uh, It basically plays like a twin-stick shooter, where one stick is driving the car around and the other stick is the direction you're going to shoot. And it kind of feels like driving a warthog in Halo because it bounces around a lot. The the little vehicles are kind of like buggies. Um, So in a way, it's like a twin-stick shooter, but in a way, it's not like a twin-stick shooter because driving is important. Like, you can't instantly turn. Uh, The car will bang into things if you're not careful. Uh, a lot of terrain is destructible, so if you're driving around like a city area, you'll drive into fruit stands and shanties and shacks and whatnot, and it'll slow you down. You'll eventually drive through buildings. But what, what eventually ends up happening is that you build up a skill around the driving. Like as you play more, you get better at driving and dodging obstacles so that when you're then going up against uh, enemies that do things like fire-guided missiles, you'll be able to dr- outdrive the missile. Or if you're fighting a big tank that has like a almost one-shot kill attack, you can literally drive circles around the tank and outrun the rotation speed of its turret. Uh, so as you're playing, there's this great learning curve, a sort of a skill curve where you get better at driving and the game rewards you. Uh, so, and, it, and it gives you a, a great sense, unlike a good twin-stick shooter where you're just moving a dude around, it gives you a great sense of controlling a vehicle. Uh, you know, being behind the wheel. And I, I love that about it as I've played it more. 
It's um, kind of it's class based too, isn't it? Very class based. So, yep, you have four cars, and each car is sort of a, a class. Uh, as near as I can tell, the cars handle the same. But what distinguishes them is they each have a skill tree, uh, and they each have a secondary ability. Uh, it's not a secondary weapon because there are different secondary weapons you can pick up on the field. There's only three of them, which I kind of like. You either have a railgun, a flamethrower, or a rocket launcher, uh, and, and you have to find those. And it's only those three. There's not like a bazillion secondary weapons. But instead, each class or each car has a special ability. Like one guy can just turn invulnerable. Uh, the little super fast buggy chick, she she can call in an airstrike. Uh, one of the chicks has like an EMP burst which shuts everything down in a radius uh so in that sense they're like classes and the skill trees can change how these abilities work and how they interact with the environment um so yeah so that that's my game of the week i was really looking forward to it once i knew that avalanche studios was doing it and it has absolutely exceeded my expectation also great great uh cooperative play and online you can play split screen with two people online i haven't tried it yet but online you can play with with up to four people driving around blowing stuff up uh (laughs) forward to trying that and it'll be out for the pc as well uh i believe later this month you know uh something interesting that they just kind of slid out there yesterday was uh resident evil 4 on the 360 yeah that's an old game though my master that came out like years ago yeah, but it's awesome. Well, no, it's changed. It is. There, there's an, isn't there, like, before? And it's updated graphics, etc. Yeah, it's like HD now, right? Because wasn't it only right. on the on the, the GameCube? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it was also on the Wii. <laughs> well, there you go, yeah. <laughs> no, I, no, I'm actually, there. it was on the PlayStation 2 as well. Uh, the PlayStation 2? Yeah. You ouch! <laughs> now, have they added in? Do you know, McMaster, any of the uh, like RPG elements with upgrading the weapons that like it, like it is in Resident Evil Five? I don't think so. I think it's just kind of a straight port, but I believe it has all of the um, add-on content. So that that's your game of the week over and above Gears of War Three, huh? Oh yeah, no, no. <laughs> um, but I would like to mention that uh, League of Legends Dominion. I got to play oh, that. God. Oh, is that out? Well, what they're doing is like betas, where they turn it on for like two hours at a time at low traffic times. And uh, they turned it on this morning uh, for a couple of hours, and I got three games in. And, uh, yeah, it's it's pretty neat. Now, uh, I want to ask you about that. Before I do, Peter, are you familiar with League of Legends? Is that something as an RTS player you've indulged in? I have. I had never played a, a Dota game of any sort, and I felt... Like I should. Uh, so actually, about a month ago, I started uh, trying to play League of Legends, and uh, that is a seriously intimidating game to get into. Uh, <laughs> it really, it really is. It can be. The people can be incredibly unfriendly. I didn't even actually. People were surprisingly helpful. I was playing the games versus the bots with other beginners, and I didn't really get yeah. too much of the famous, uh, you know, bad manners. Um, but, oh, wow. but uh, I did. I did. Just the game itself is. Is daunting. It's, it's complex. Yeah, I mean, I eventually read a guide and kind of like gave myself a little recipe of what I was trying to do with the character I'd picked, and kind of felt like I was doing okay after a while. But I, I never even got to the point where I was playing uh, uh, against other people. It was always with people against bots. Um, yeah. I never kind of I felt I, I I didn't want to step into that because I knew I would be so bad that I would be getting screamed at the entire time. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so. 
Now, uh, the, the, the core game has each player uh, attacking from their, their stronghold, working their way through defenses, and then trying to take out the other guy's stronghold. What is different with this Dominion mode, McMaster? Um, you know, it's very much like a capture point map uh, from, like, say, for instance, Unreal Tournament. Uh, what did they call those? Domination? I think um, you're right, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or, uh, for people familiar with, uh, player versus player in World of Warcraft, it's like a Rothy Basin, where you have capture points. Um, well, well, okay, each team has 500 points, and there are five nodes on the map that can be captured. Mm-hmm. And whichever team has the advantage in nodes, it drains the other team's points, and the first team to hit zero loses. So, you know what, McMaster, I, for me, and I don't know if you're this way too, Peter, uh, I just say Company of Heroes. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good. Uh, so yeah, it's yeah Company of Heroes in that uh, aspect, but it's it plays very very quickly. Uh, I think all of my games are like fifteen to twenty minutes. Whoa, that's, so, yeah. that's new. It starts you at level three, and it gives you like thirteen seventy five gold. Uh, so you get to choose three abilities immediately. You get to value like a mid-range item, um, and it's just yeah, it's just really fast. It's are there any towers or creeps? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Are the are the areas defended? Do you, is it just a land grab, or do you have to like work your way through defenses? Well, it's it's weird. Um, it, it's a circular map, and the entire outer ring, uh, you, there's no fog of war, but the circle, the, like the center, there's fog of war, but there's also like bonuses and stuff. There's no actual like jungle creep, um, but there are like creep that, uh, fight in the lanes. They kind of stream from behind the different points, and whomever controls that point is their type of creep. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of, it's it's intense. It's really interesting because you the, there's two two control points basically next to each base uh, team's base, and the top control point is like equidistant from either. And um, it, you can cut through the center really fast. There's like speed boosts in the center, so basically the faster the character, uh, they can they can be really dangerous. Like there's a uh, just the just the sheer like backdooring factor and uh and yes actually some of the the defenses uh, as the game goes on uh the points do start to like attack mm-hmm. um when you're trying to break them down they added a new summoner skill uh that makes it quicker or makes it easier to take points or it bu- it buffs your point uh it's it's kind of interesting is it 5v5 still yes it's 5v5 and uh yeah and of course, yes. McMaster, when can we play this? You know, if you're like, it's strange. If you get on the forums, they'll announce it like an hour or two ahead of time, and they'll, uh, you know, uh, say you've got like a two-hour window, and they'll turn it on. But in theory, we should be seeing it. I would think within the next few weeks, if they're doing this test right now for seeing if it actually works on the servers, which apparently it does. All right. All right. Um, and that, and that, by the way, is not your game of the week either. Uh, actually, I guess really it would be, but uh, I feel obligated to speak about Gears of War three. Oh, I never would have guessed. That's what you're. I would not have guessed that. Really? This is a this is a huge surprise to me. I know. 
I know. I, I like to I like to pull these out on occasion and just kind of like really shock you. <laughs> now, now, Peter, uh, I so you're, you're not a Gears guy. You haven't played Gears of War three. Uh, the things McMaster says might sound ridiculous to you. I just want you to... <laughs> okay. Something something about cogs. I don't know. Cogs and spelling the word Phoenix with an F. Uh, who knows what he's going to say? But a- a- anabolic steroids—they're involved, right? You you know it. Yeah. Uh, so McMaster, why is Gears of War three your game of the week? Well, you know, it's that's a good question. I've played uh, the first act of the campaign. I, I haven't had a ton of time with it yet, only about five or six hours. And, um, well, I didn't spend all that on the campaign. Uh, but I, I will give you, uh, I will give you one thing. This game, uh, the writing in it is, it's, it's strange as compared to some of the earlier ones. Hey, you uh, know what? You know what, Master? No, I'm not going to let you concede. It, I, you, like I, I fully expect you to point out, and I will agree with you that the campaign doesn't matter, right? Like, no, not no, there for the story, as you mentioned. I, I think that that's no. a perfectly valid response to a guy like me saying, "Ah, eh, the writing is terrible." Uh, <laughs> I fully expect you to remind me that it has nothing to do with the main appeal of the game. No, it really doesn't. It, I mean, that's the thing. It's like you could realistically skip every cutscene in this game and not and not miss that much. At least from what I've seen so far. I mean, the ones that I've seen have been pretty overwrought and weird. Um, like the the whole football thing is just I don't get that. And I'm a football fan <laughs> and a thrash ball fan. I've been to many thrash ball events in my mind. So. Um, did you I just, notice I, that when you walk past the thrash ball tables in the game, you can press X to use yes. them? And did yes. you notice, too, I'm pretty sure this is the case, absolutely nothing happens. Right, yes. <laughs> I did I did love uh, the quote you pulled, Tom, from the writer of uh, Gears of War 3. Oh, yeah, uh, can you explain that quote to me, Jason Master? What is the UIR, and who are the Grozny? Um, you know, I don't, I don't actually know. All right. I, I'll have to ask someone who cares more about Gears of War 3 than you do. <laughs> yes. I mean, at least the, uh, you know, the uh, canon, it's et al, as it, as it may be. Uh, I, I know who all the characters are for the most part, and I, I've played the game quite a few times, but it's mostly multiplayer or horde for me. Right. Uh, and tell us how that's working out. So you've – never mind the campaign. Let's forget about that. What you've tried aside from the campaign, what have you seen? What do you think of it? Um, beast mode is kind of flat. Hmm. It's – well, you know, I, I'm interested in trying it on different levels and different like, difficulties, but just 12 levels and that's it seems kind of fast. Um, Can you explain beast mode? Because I actually don't know what that mode is. Have you ever played Left 4 Dead? Uh, yes. Okay. Have you ever played Versus? Uh-huh. Okay. Well, imagine Versus, except you're trying to kill uh, a bot team instead of another human team. Okay. So it's like Reverse Horde, except as you go through, you unlock higher levels of monsters that you can purchase to play as, and then the they set up defenses, and you just have to knock them down. It's... But you have a time limit. Nah, I don't know though. It's it's kind of whatever. Honestly. So I, I just 
to to sort of add to what you're saying there, McMaster, uh, the comparison to Left 4 Dead is apt, but I think something that Gears of War 3 misses that makes Left 4 Dead versus mode work is this dynamic sense that you get from the humans in Left 4 Dead trying to get from point A to point B. They're, they're moving. Right. What Beast Mode supposes is that the humans are hunkered down and they've built some defenses it's sort of the inverse of the tower defense horde mode in the game and i think that what that that costs a lot of of what makes left for dead work well uh the fact that that's dynamic the humans are moving you're waiting for the chance to strike in beast mode the humans are always standing there and you just rush towards their defenses and to make it challenging they put this this difficult time limit on where you've got to hurry and rush and do damage to the defenses and try to kill the humans and and so it loses a little bit of that sort of cat and mouse uh dynamic system that, that left for dead has I, I think that's a lot of what kills it for me yeah i agree uh it, it it's just got this i don't know it just kind of feels like a. uh just a, a throw in. Which um, uh, do you do you gravitate towards any of the monsters more than the others? Like you can be a ticker to blow stuff up. You can be the big old melee dude. You can be the be the riding. I don't know what that mounted thing is. You can be that. Uh, do you do you gravitate towards any of those monsters? Um, I really like the berserker. Now, which is isn't he invulnerable? Uh, he's near invulnerable. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, I've died once. Uh, I think is the berserker, uh, and and he's just like a big heavy tank kind of guy, right? Right. Yeah, he doesn't have very long uh, line of sight, but his charge goes through defenses and all sorts of stuff, and mm-hmm. it's uh, it's pretty it's pretty fun just to kind of start out like hold down the charge button and just run through the levels, knocking down all the defenses. It's entertaining. Now, the one that I found myself leaning towards, simply because I didn't really know what was going on, and I thought, well, I'll be the support guy. Uh, there's one guy who is, I don't know, he's a cleric or whatever. He's like a... The Cantus. What's he called? Cantus. Ah, you know the name. Uh, <laughs> anyway, he's a guy who can just hang back and heal everyone. Like, you can yeah. see on your screen, everyone's... It's not a health orb. It's, it's a, first of all, because it's a diamond, but it kind of depletes as people get hurt. So, as you see them getting hurt, and I don't think you necessarily need line of sight. It looks like you can do them through walls. Uh, You just hang back and hit the little heal button, and you turn white. You look like a big old Jesus monster or whatever. Your arms go out, and you turn all white, and you heal people up. So the time I was playing Beast Mode, I was just sort of like following along, plinking stuff with my gun, but just spamming that heal button, letting them do all the work. Oh, Uh, yeah. So. Yeah, the, uh, the the smaller corpse are, uh, is pretty nice too. The one that like uh, looks like a spider, whatever. Yeah. It, it can bury itself and uh, heal. I really like that. I was watching. Yeah, I was. Uh, it seemed like those were doing a lot of damage in the, in the game that I played. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, they're pretty crazy. Um, but uh, I think you know so far, uh, you know, I really like the online play of the game, though it can be rather infuriating with uh, the way Gears of War uh, logic works. You know, the, the multiplayer—it's like you can shoot a guy like 700 times with your lancer, and he shoots you once with a shotgun. That's it. So uh, yeah, you know, I'm I'm glad to hear you say that because my here's how I 
here's how Gears of War Online works for me, is I'll jump into a game, I'll get a good position, I'll see someone running at me, and I'm shooting my Lancer at him, and I'm like, I got the drop on this guy. And I'm sort of aiming at his head, and I'm shooting him, and I'm shooting him, and I've got to be doing damage because the little blood squibs are flying off of him. And I'm like, this is great. This guy, I've got this guy. You know, I've got the drop on him. He's about to die any minute. And he's getting closer, and he's getting closer. I'm thinking, oh, well, I... I probably better switch to a shotgun now. So I switch to the shotgun, and he's still running at me, and I get off maybe one shot, maybe a second shot, and then I'm dead. <laughs> I don't, yeah. I'm like, what? explain to me what I'm doing wrong, McMaster, and how I can address the situation. You know, um, the real trick is that the shotgun trumps just about everything. Um, now, in the newer game, uh, it, it is possible to use the retro lancer to good effect for people charging you. Um, in fact, that's really kind of what it's for. It's um, a weapon designed for that that weird zone that is a little too close range for the Lancer, but a little too long range for the shotgun to be accurate. Uh, and it's for us uh, people who aren't uh, tumbling shotgun wizards that would be most of the rest of like the multiplayer Gears 4 universe. Now, what uh, is the Lancer? Is there some sort of a damage modifier based on range, or is it just a matter of accuracy and hitting them? Like, what makes the Lancer better for long range and the Retro Lancer better for medium range? It's because if the if they get to medium range on you, there's a good chance that they can roll in and hit you with a shotgun. Mm-hmm. At least in at least in my experience. So, I. If I see someone from far enough off, I'll hit them with a lancer, and if they start charging me, well, I usually try to switch to a shotgun or retro lancer, depending. But, um, yeah, it's a, it's it's just kind of a, a difference of the lancer does not do enough damage. Yeah, I mean, you could kill someone if you basically empty a clip into them. It and helps if they, it helps if they don't move. Also, like if they just yes. stand there. If they yeah, if they just kind of like let you shoot them in the head, I've found that that's easy, usually the best way to kill someone. Are there uh, are there certain servers I can join where people will do that for me? I, I wish. Uh, <laughs> you could play bot games though. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, because every time I play online, I'm like I'll find I'm not the worst player, but I'm certainly not the best player. Right. It's uh, always a good reminder. I will say I do love that about Gears of War over Halo. Is those Halo? I'm it just Halo has never gotten around to putting bots in the, the game, which is really annoying. And I, I know for this game and the last one, uh, Gears of War Two, you you could just set up a versus mode with just one buddy split screen or whatever. Just play your own game with with bots. Oh yeah, I really yeah. like they do that. Uh, yeah, me too. That's a that's a big thing for me, and that's where you know horde mode is such a huge appeal too. Well, let's talk horde mode. So. I think you and I agree, McMaster, in that that's kind of the meat and potatoes of of what we're getting out of Gears of War 3. Uh, What do you like about Horde Mode and what's new? Well, you choose a command point now, uh, which is your initial base of operations, which is kind of not the greatest way to put it. It's more like it unlocks a section of the map for you to build defenses upon. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and you so, can continue to purchase those points throughout the game, which allows more defenses to be built. Okay, but, so then I have a question for you. Okay. Why, when we were playing and we had our command mode, were you going way over there to the right and getting all those kills? Because I'm um, awesome. <laughs> 
No, uh, okay. I, I, uh, yes. I, hold your own over there. You seem to be doing fine, but I was like, you know, our base is here. If you want to come join us, uh, no, you're going to be over that side of the. Okay, that's fine. You're whatever. <laughs> yeah, well, we kept having uh, enemies come from that area, so I ran down and opened up another point, and then I, I built a turret. You know what? You kind of like applied your own uh, bush doctrine to, to yes. this map there. You you fought them over there so that we didn't have to fight them over here. Well done. That's exactly true. That's exactly right. All right, so I cut you off. So you, you build these, you, you set the command posts. That lets you build defenses in a, in a certain area. You can then unlock command posts, or, uh, command posts around the rest of the map and let you right. unlock defenses there. And you started to say, but, and then I cut you off. Um, hmm. Well, uh, the defenses include many different, uh, well, many different, five different defenses. Uh, there's, uh, what, the spikes that you can also turn into barbed wire. Uh, there's And then laser gates. They upgrade. And then laser gates, yep. yeah. Then uh, there's decoys, uh, which, you know, start as, like, cardboard stand-ups, but they upgrade to, you know, mannequins and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um then there's turrets, uh, which you can, yeah, of course, that, yeah, whatever. And then there's uh, automatic firing turrets, or uh, what do you say, an auto gun? Of sentries. Sort. They're called technically sentries. called sentries. Yep. yep. Sentries, right, right, right. Uh, and finally, uh, what mechs, basically robotic armor suit. I believe they're. God, what are what are they called in this? They're one? called uh, the things from Lost Planet Two. Yeah, but they have like some crazy name. silverbacks. They're silverbacks. Silverbacks. That's what it was. Yes, it's gorilla based. Um, <laughs> so, um, do they look like gorillas? Because that would be pretty great. Uh, kind of, but not a lot. I'm gonna say no. <laughs> I mean, they, they just—they—they really do. I mean, I—I'm Jason McMaster and I both love Lost Planet too. So part of what galls me is how how blatantly it seems to be ripped off from Lost Planet 2. But Lost Planet 2 had this wonderful assembly of different kind of mechs, some of which were like full-on anime-looking things, and other of which seemed like the loaders from Aliens, and then everything in between, and things that could convert into jets and submarines. And there was just such a spread of great, fantastic mechs in Lost Planet 2. So this one little thing that's in Gears of War 3, to me, is just so completely underwhelming from a design standpoint. Like, it, it definitely has its role, especially in this horde mode, but just to look at it, I'm unimpressed by the thing. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, um, have you used the? Uh, I was interested to read about the the fact that they sort of brought back mutators, the old Unreal idea. Yes. yes. Uh, have you yeah. played with that at all? You have to unlock I, those. There, a lot of them are tough. So, McMaster, you're probably you've probably made more unlocking progress. Have you fiddled with any of them? I only have two of them unlocked. I only have two or three as well, and I haven't messed with them yet. I was kind of going to go ahead and, like, I'm going to try to put a dent in campaign later tonight and then eventually, hopefully, get some more unlocks. I heard that one of them adds a laugh track, though, and that I'm interested in. Uh, you have to play a lot on, on casual mode, though, McMaster, and I don't I don't see you doing that. You, you seem like you're above that kind of thing. Well, I'm not above beating everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so if it means that that's where people that are low key that aren't as good at the game go, then yes, I would love to be a god among tiny men. But and, and while I'm sitting here being the uh, the official Gears of War three naysayer, I love the idea of mutators, but I look at the way they've implemented it and I just see the skulls from Halo. That yeah, that's it's really reminded me of that too actually. Yeah. Um, 
Now, I, a horde mode is interesting because of the fact that you don't just quickly unlock all of these um, these upgrades. You have to actually level up, and it's persistent leveling. So you can't just start out creating silverbacks. You have to, um, you know, you have to earn it. You have to earn the right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And that does add a little bit of interest to the game to me. At least it's uh, makes horde mode. A lot more uh, robust. You know, I mean, I really enjoyed Gears of War 2's Horde mode, of course, but this is this is awesome. That, and I really like the inclusion of the boss phase. I think that's really oh, neat. So. Oh, oh, I hate that. I mean, I hate that in the sense that I constantly get pwned by it, but uh, oh, yeah, yeah. In, in theory, I like it. In practice, it's the worst thing ever. Oh, yeah, no, I get murdered on that freaking thing. Uh, yeah, we did not fare well on it last night, and before that, I think like we had the group I was playing with earlier we had made it to maybe like wave 12 or 13 but we made it through one boss wave because it wasn't that bad i think it was just kind of a brumock those do oh god those like uh, mortar launcher guys are just they're uh they're ludicrous the one that kills it for me so peter what this is is uh horde mode consists of 50 waves you can set it on a different difficulty level to make them as hard as you want and there's a right. there's a, a requisite scoring bonus if you play the harder difficulty levels but as you're going along these 50 waves every 10th wave is a, a boss wave and it's not just one boss comes out it's regular dudes attacking you but there's also going to be one or more big creatures that oh, generally yes. change the rules uh, for how yeah. you fight them. And the one that kills me, McMaster, I think it's called, and look, I'm actually going to know the names of things, so you can make fun of me if you uh, want. Uh, I think uh, it's called a, the Lambent Berserker. And uh, this is the Berserker. Oh, oh, oh. The Berserker is basically invulnerable, except for this one has a little, you, you know what? It's a glowing spot on its stomach, which that's so lame. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a typical boss thing. And the glowing spot has armor over it, so it only occasionally opens. And... It's interesting to play horde mode with random people and watch people not figure that out. Like they're just shooting at the thing and they're wasting their ammo, bouncing it off of his invulnerable armor, not waiting for his little tummy to open up. Uh, And the thing is, as you're fighting him and as you damage him and he's he's bleeding the the orange stuff out of his tummy, which again, right out of Lost Planet 2, he starts leaving behind little trails of orange vapor that damage you. Uh, so you end up, this 10th wave becomes this kind of puzzly boss fight, uh, which changes the rules up, and in theory I like it, but in, in practice I just, I either suck at it or I'm playing with people who don't understand the rules, uh, so my stopping points in horde mode tend to be, uh, waves that are divisible by 10 because of this. Yeah, like that one last night, I don't know what it is, I can't handle those guys, uh, they're, they're really harsh, Yeah. They, uh, yeah, this is a one-shot kill thing, I guess. I'll do it. They also come out, and they just trample all over your defenses. Like, I'm like I had razor yeah. wire here, and I had a decoy, and a nice turret, and they're all gone because the 10th level dude just stepped on all of it. Uh, so cruel. It's very mean. Yeah, yeah it really is. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Peter, are you going to pick up Gears of War 3 and, and join me and McMaster in leveling up your, your defenses in horde mode? I'm, I might actually consider it. I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not. You know, yeah. I'm honest. It's, I got, I got, I got other games coming up that I'm, I'm more interested in. I'll say that like the, the campaign I've always kind of viewed as like a summer blockbuster movie thing, but this one's even kind of, you know, it's just kind of goofy. And, yeah, and that, that was actually the problem for me with the first one. I, I mean, I have a pretty high tolerance for dumb stories and games, but 
I felt like even the first Gears of War was so aggressively dumb that I, I, I couldn't... I you ain't seen game. nothing yet. <laughs> yeah. they, get, they get far worse, Peter. Yeah. Yeah. But, but to be fair to Gears, and I, by golly, I, I love this about the game, uh, there really is no other shooter quite like it in terms of having this kind of over-the-top uh, oh. sci-fi sensibility, but still having a really solid... Uh, tactical underpinning with how it plays out. Uh, like, I love the way that the weapons, you have to consider which one you're using because not a lot of them do a lot of damage compared to oh, how yeah. tough the monsters are. Uh, you, you know, flanking is important. Uh, there's just some really good shooter design at work. And my main complaint about Gears of War 3 is that it's not really doing anything in that regard that wasn't in Gears of War 2 or wasn't in Gears of War 1. So for a guy like you, Peter, you could do just as well going back to Gears of War 1 or playing Gears of War 2 as far as experiencing this unique model that they've created. Uh, there's yeah. kind of no reason for you to have to pay for the latest one uh, to, to get the core experience. Right. Sure, the core experience, really. I mean, the update for me is like Horde, you know, of course. Like, the newer Horde mode is really cool. Yeah, and the irony there, McMaster, too, is I I couldn't go back to the Horde mode in Gears of War 2 now that I've seen how it plays with the defenses in Gears of War 3. Like, I'm totally spoiled by that one... It's not really a tweak, oh, yeah. there's more to it than that, but that one aspect of Horde mode, I personally couldn't go back to Gears of War 2. It's been invalidated for me. And, uh, you know, also another thing, I really, really like the way they track their unlocks and their ribbons and everything, too. It's just uh, really cool. I like the multiplayer setup and the stats and everything are really, really good. In that hey, uh, Jason P. McMaster, what level are you in Gears of War 3? Jeez, I'm only, like, level 11 now. I oh, think. yeah, I remember when I was level 11, yeah. That was oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so cruel. Uh, so thank you so much for indulging us, Peter, as we talked about a game that you haven't played and that you probably won't play. Uh, no, I think you've sold me. I think I'll, I think I am going to check it out. Don't, ch- no, don't. Well, it's, Tom it's, Chick it's, sold me on Gears of War 3. I'll tell everybody. <laughs> I failed. Oh, I failed completely. Uh, it's got a, it does have some of the best, uh, combat though. There's no doubt. Interesting feeling. And I didn't say best. I just said unique, distinct. Oh, just oh, oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, Peter Ginsburg, what game coming out later this year are you most looking forward to? Is there anything where you've got like a mark on your calendar where you're like, I can't wait for this to come out? Because well, everything, obviously, yeah. obviously Diablo three. Although who knows if that comes out this year? But I, I, coming out more uh, uh, sooner uh, is uh, I, I'm I'm kind of uh, tempted by Dark Souls. Oh, that's soon too. That's like in a week yeah. or two. Yeah, I haven't didn't yeah. actually play Demon Souls because I don't have a. PS3, but this is coming out on 360, and I, I'm, I'm so intrigued by how punishing everyone says it was. So, Oh, yeah, it'll jump kick in the face. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, Jason P. McMaster, when can we play Dark Souls? Uh, October 4th. Very good. I actually knew that one as well, so that's one of the few that I actually knew. I am uh, waiting on my review copy. All right. All right, yeah. well, uh, Jason P. McMaster, what's our format going to be next week? Um... Let's see. I think it'll be forum post of the week, news mm-hmm. of the week, and mm-hmm. game of the week. I like it. I like it. Uh, Peter, thank you so much for joining us today. Let, let's see. So you cheated with your news stories. Uh, you had multiple ones. Uh, let's see. Your post was about some inscrutable Japanese game. And uh, game of the week is a, a game that we had already discussed. So you know what? I was glad we had you on, but uh, I'm I don't tired. Know. 
Yeah, I'm afraid so. Uh, you can't fire me. I quit. <laughs> oh, very good. Oh, nicely played. You jujitsued your way out of that. Uh, and plus, you lost me money. Now I owe McMaster a nickel. Oh, yes. Uh, hey, McMaster, what league are you in in StarCraft II multiplayer? Because me, oh. me, and, me and Peter are probably higher than whatever you are. Oh, man, I can't remember anymore. <laughs> I played like a bunch when it came out. Uh, uh, you're probably you're probably ten league. <laughs> think. Oh, I think I was in silver when I was playing, but uh, so, well, I'm sure there's probably something like a uh, quadruple platinum by this. Well, time. they have added like it's a little silly. Yeah. Like Peter, like what's it what's it go up to now? Like what's do you know the progression? Uh, uh, yeah, it's it's basically even split from uh, bronze, silver, gold, platinum, diamond. And then the top 2% of players are Masters, and then the top 200 players in each region are Grandmaster. Oh, man. What are you? Um, I'm Platinum. I was Diamond last season, so I'm, I'm uh, the, the meme not playing quite as much has definitely uh, brought me down you, a little bit. You have brought shame to our house. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm going to just have to go to uh, or r- ritual suicide by Baneling or something. That's right, Peter. If this was Sengoku, you would have to <laughs> seppuku. Seppuku? What's the word? You would have to commit suicide. Rit- yeah. yeah, that thing. Harikari. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> the announcer? <laughs> oh, very good. A sports reference. Uh, yeah, yeah. Hey, how did you know that, Tom? I know a thing or two about a thing or two. Uh <laughs> All right, so uh, that is our podcast for this week. Uh, thank you for joining us. Peter, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Thank you. It was a lot of fun. And we will be seeing you around on the forum. Uh, I am Tom Chick, and I have been joined by Jason P. McMaster. Now, Jason, what does the P stand for? Phoenix. Right, which you spell with a P. So Yes. <laughs> and uh, we will be seeing everyone here next week. All right. Have a good one. Bye. Ground rules. I give you all the diamonds and money, but you can't break my heart, cause that'll just get you fired, and everybody needs a job, work is scarce, competition is fierce, Fonzie fronting in the new leather like they don't care, what, let's get you in the wall for that performance, winner in the category for the best boring, <laughs> Tell the tough guys, he's tougher than tough times. The needles in the nerve that make the tighten up, unwind one time. Blocking out the light in your eyes.